What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brent McGrath. It is Friday as this drops. Let's go. I got my man, Josh Johnson, Cardboard Chronicles, Card Ladder on the podcast to talk about starting a new player PC, even when it's not mainstream. The joys we can have. He just started a Todd Gurley PC and has been bringing home bangers. And I wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about how much fun he's having and what his process looks like. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the freaking buttons, but most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stag and Slash podcast. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I've got Josh, Cardboard Chronicles, and Card Ladder here today. He has just been posting a mirage of unbelievable Todd Gurley cards. And I know Todd Gurley is not the trendiest and most investable player here in 2022, but I think a lot of collectors out there see what he's doing and can appreciate it. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to also maybe start off with a controversial post he made last week on Instagram that sent uh, waves throughout the community. But before we do that, Josh, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Brett. Uh, Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on again. You know, I love Coming on the show whenever you ask. I love it. Maybe before we dive into the post, football season is here. I know yep. you're a Cardinals fan. Um, I think everybody was on the edge of their seat. Uh, I was actually uh, walking with a hood over my head, Jordan meme crying face after the Colts yeah. destruction. So I still watched it because I, I needed football in me. But what was going on in your head in that Cardinals Raiders game? That was a hell of a game. Well, I mean, in the first half, I was right there with you. The Cardinals looked. Absolutely disgusting again. They played probably the worst six quarters in the NFL, uh, you know, up to that point. And then third and fourth quarter, it's just Kyler Magic. I mean, there's nothing else. It wasn't like their coaching decisions were still bad. They're getting delay games after after timeouts. They're just making boneheaded plays, play calls all over. They're fourth and one. They're going for Hail Marys. Like their play calling is garbage. Their coaching staff is bad. I want Steve Kime fired so bad, but Kyler Magic, man, the dude is, he ran 84 yards on a two point <laughs> conversion. The ball that he rifled into the back of the end zone. The AJ like, Green. Yeah, dude. Uh, and it's like, you know, you hear all this stuff about Kyler Murray and I know there's, you can pile on to some yeah. of the stuff off the field or whatever, but like you see shit like that and you're just like, man, not a lot of players in the NFL can do it. So if he's on your team, it's like, and you see him win you a game like that. Not a lot of guys can do that. So I think that it's time to celebrate having a player of that magnitude under center for your team, I think. I mean, they, Cliff Kingsbury in the postgame was like, one of the play calls, they literally told him the play call was to run around and try to find somebody open. And it's like, okay, the coaching is so bad. They can't put him in any spots or plays properly. They literally just like run around. And that's the only thing that worked was Kyler Magic. He can't, he wasn't doing anything in traditional play calling and pocket passing. Up until that last few, you know, quarter there. It's just, so I'm not, I'm not like super excited about it because they can't win in conventional ways. They have to have this magic. Uh, so hopefully it gets better on the traditional play calling. But for that game, it was at least exciting. If you can go, if you can go 500 in an unconventional way, and then you've got D Hop coming back, then maybe True. things can move your, move your. That's direction. a big part of it. His best receiver was Dorch yesterday. I think AJ Green had four drops. It was just brutal. Yeah, I. I so I, I I guess what's your take on this? Because obviously I've been very solemn and just like in yeah. in a weird headspace, just being a Colts fan. But when do you think you know what you have as a football team? Like I I don't take too much stock into the first week, and then the second week maybe you start to see what you have. But like, how long do you think it takes as fans to say, okay, this is what my team is about this year? Like the whole season? Yeah. Dude, the Cardinals were seven and zero last year. Like. <laughs> Dude, would you have picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl after week four last year, or week 10? Like, no way. Um, I think that the NFL is just, the parody is just perfectly on point right now. And every team is absolutely loaded with talent. That's my take. There's guys, just absolute stud athletes all over the place. Every team, minus like three or four, has at least a competent quarterback. You guys are struggling, but you have a quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl. Like, every team has somebody. Uh mm-hmm. And so you just never know, like in one half, it looks like the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. Raiders are rolling them and then they end up winning the game. Do you see how many the Dolphins come back from 21 down in the second half? 
the Jets came down from 13 with a minute and a half left. You just never know in the NFL. There's just too much talent, too much parity to make any sort of like the Bengals are 0-2. There's four 0-2 teams and one of them is the defending AFC champions who took down Pat Mahomes on the road. On that Bengals game, I think the line was maybe 10 and a half. Um, seven and, and a half. Or was I, I it seven and a half? Okay, seven and a half. Which side did you take? The Bengals, because I thought they're just going to roll after that tough loss. <laughs> yeah, so so did everybody probably. But then if you like really peel it back a little bit and you're like, and you just look, obviously like Cooper Rush versus Joe Burrow, duh, like no brainer. But if you peel it back a little bit, and I think this is where the drama is, it's like the Bengals offensive line, even though they invested a lot into it in the offseason, ha- was not good. And then you look at what the Cowboys' strength are, getting to the quarterback, Micah Parsons, and it's really good. And it's just like, if you just look at those two like matchups, like that can take kind of the, it's the truth. And I think you see the truth on display and it's part of the reason the Colts were down Pittman Jr. Their offensive line hasn't been playing well. They didn't establish Taylor. So what did the Jags do? They just absolutely took control of the game and teams are digging themselves out of the hole. So I just think I, it's to your point, there's just so much parity in the NFL. It's wild. And the Bengals played the Steelers in week one, the the reigning defensive player of the year. And then they went up against, in my opinion, the current defensive player of the mm-hmm. year in Michael Park. They went against the two best pass rushers in the entire NFL and their weakness is offensive line. What do you think yeah. is going to happen? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's so different than the NBA where, you know, if you have the best guy or guys on your team, you're right. just going to win every night. And it's just not the, it's why I don't know. I try to stay away from the betting. The Cowboys won because Parsons, like Parsons, won the game. You could you could say it. Like he caused so much havoc that the Bengals just couldn't get anything going. It's not like the Cowboys ran him off the field with offense. I think they finished with twenty points or whatever. The mm-hmm. Bengals are very capable of scoring more than what they did, and it was just because they couldn't get any sort of protection against Parsons. No doubt about it. Um, speaking of drama, let's maybe uh, in the football drama that we see every Sunday, maybe talk about some. I, I don't know. Instagram, the hobby in general, I think my take on it's been like just from hearing people at shows, collectors talking with other collectors, people are in a good place right now. I feel like the collecting community is really, really strong. I think there are things that um, kind of distract us a little bit. And part of that has been this whole like hype train around some of the rookies. And we saw freaking Trey Lance go down this week, which sucks. No one wants to see that, but like yeah. you've we've spent the last three to four months hearing people hype him up so much. So you took to your platform and you just kind of use card ladder and you did some side-by-side comparisons. And I know not everyone listening is on Instagram. So maybe talk a little bit about what that was, what those posts were and kind of the intention behind uh, you doing that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just in general, I've seen just a ton of hype, like you said, around, particularly young quarterbacks. And the part that made it interesting for me was like only one of these guys can win the Super Bowl. And if that, like it might just be Brady again, you know? So only one of these guys can win. We're talking about Allen, Burrow. I've seen Tua, Trey Lance. Who am I forgetting? Like Russell Mac Wilson. Jones. Oh, Mac Jones to Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Like it just goes on and on and on. I've even seen like some Davis Mills hype. And I'm just like, they're not going to win six games. And it just is interesting to to know like, okay, only one of these guys can win. If people are making bets across all of these and only one person is going to win that bet, you know, the odds of this are like one in 20. It just doesn't, it doesn't like mathematically make sense. So I started digging into it. Well, maybe there's something like past quarterbacks where we can, we can look the data on older quarterbacks and we can see, okay, they may not have won a bunch, but they still have maintained value. And that's just absolutely not the case. Like no one has maintained value except for Brady. And I even pointed out that like Peyton Manning hasn't retained as much value as you would like to see based on the upfront, you know, cost of some of these guys at this investment level. Cause I've heard one of my favorite comparisons is like, Oh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he had a bad rookie year. He threw a lot of interceptions, but so did Peyton Manning. He's going to, you know, he could be the next Peyton Manning. His prices are literally more expensive than Peyton Manning himself. So it's like, if he does turn into Peyton Manning, he'll still go down. And that's like a one in a million thing. Peyton Manning is like, you know, top two, top three quarterback of all time. Right. So I just started picking out different quarterbacks that are older and I just started noticing like all their stuff is so cheap. It's just insane. And then I, I made the one post about comparing Herbert to Stafford, which to me is the, to me, that was the best one. 
Um, and that's what I started with. It, I, I made a post that showed the current value of a BGS nine RPA out of 99 rational treasures for Herbert and the exact same card for Stafford from 2009, the Herbert sold for 75 grand and the Stafford sold for 3,400. And you're thinking, well, you know, Stafford's older. He literally just won the Super Bowl. Where even in this scenario that we're talking about, where one of these guys you gamble and they win the Super Bowl, he 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 won the Super Bowl. Stafford did. All these other guys didn't. Stafford did, and his prices are like what a twentieth of Herbert. And the other thing is that Stafford isn't some like old, you know, boring like you know older player that's not doing anything. He's like he was a very hot prospect when he was young. He was slinging it all over the place. I could even say he was like Herbert, you know, back in two thousand nine. He was throwing to Calvin Johnson, throwing deep all the time, crazy comeback. Remember all those like fourth quarters he used to have mm. in the Lions? He would, you know, the team would score 30 plus and they'd still lose type games. Like he was a very exciting player. And Herbert looks like he will be that, but it's only been a couple years of it. So I just, you know, that comparison really kind of struck me as like, does this mean Herbert's going to go down? Or is there something else at play? Like, is there some other factor I'm not taking into account that's going to keep Herbert's prices up? And I'm not sure. So then I just started going through a bunch more. I compared like two out of Drew Brees. People got mad about the quarterback comparisons, which is fine. But the comparison was more in line with like the sort of style of play that I saw from a young guy and an older guy. They didn't necessarily need to be as good as that player. It's just like, this is potentially maybe their ceiling given their style of play. And then it was like Burrow to I think Kirk Cousins. That one really pissed people. <laughs> There's a bunch. The, I can't. I can't remember all of them to be honest. I saw your post and I was just like, "This is interesting." The Stafford one for sure stood out to me. But as I'm looking at this and knowing what I've seen, uh, looking at all the auction houses and these young quarterbacks and what these cards are selling for, we've talked about it on here and even you know I think I talked about it with Chris. It's just like. The, the different nation states in our hobby. And it's almost like, like if you're a collector of cards, the, you almost speak a completely different language to, than anyone who's paying the money for any of these unproven talents. So it's unproven overhyped guys. And I think there's been some pushback on like, well, why are you discrediting like the young quarterbacks? It's not, it's not discrediting the young quarterbacks. It's just like the prices that these cards have reached and the data that you pointed out that we have to support some of these quarterbacks that are still playing and winning Super Bowls is crazy. So I just think I'd love to throw it back to you. I just think there's just a huge disconnect in just the interests and we are a hobby, but there's so many different fragments of the hobby. And oftentimes we get to this space where it's like, I collect cards. I see a player sell for a hundred K and it just doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden, people are kind of putting other people down and bickering back and forth. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, if you want to say that I'm discrediting a young quarterback by comparing them to Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, it, you know, it's like, I'm discrediting the older guy, to be honest. Like I'm discrediting, I'm discrediting, uh, I'm looking through a Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, some of the comparisons, Jay Cutler, like those guys have pretty strong careers with like mega stats. So and I'm, and I'm comparing part of the reason to like guys who haven't done shit. Part of the reason, dude, a part of the reason why I started going nuts and collecting Matt Ryan and Phillip Rivers because they're they have Hall of Fame worthy careers and their cards are cheap. And I was like, this just makes too much sense comparatively to kind of those mainstream prices of you know the hot guys in the hobby right now. Yeah, well, look, like you know, I can see why some people would take this the wrong way and get upset, given that they're you know they're part of the group that's uh, you know buying into these younger players, and I'm. I couldn't be more, you know, further from wanting to criticize those people, tell people how to spend their money. It's really more of an angle of like a warning. This is what's going to happen. You know, it's like a warning to younger collectors, people coming into the space thinking all I have to do is buy a young quarterback and I'll get rich. It's quite the opposite. You know, unless you're just like really able to flip super quick and make your margins and get out, which I'm sure is happening. But for people that are coming in spending, let's say, a hundred grand on Trey Lance, and then all of a sudden, two weeks into the season, if you haven't sold already, you're kind of screwed. And even if you did on eBay, as we've seen, there's going to be returns. So it's it's really risky. It's scary to know that people potentially maybe can't afford it. So this is more of like a warning, a, a educational purpose. Like, please make sure you know what you're buying before you buy it, because here's what's going to happen in the future. Here's the use case. Make sure you know how long you're going to hold it. 
Um, it's really not meant to be like, you know, laughing at certain people. I know that the, you know, the comment, the quotes that I put in between the two was, was more for like the entertainment content base. And then maybe people took that as an insult, which I understand. So trying to draw the fine, the fine line between making good content and not, you know, uh, pissing everybody off while trying to educate. So that was, that's maybe where like most of the drama of it came from. And I understand that. Before we get off this topic, I want to hear your thoughts on this. And I don't really have this completely baked out, but what it's a good opportunity to bring it up and maybe get your position on it. I like what I have seen with the, the rookie second year quarterbacks, the dollar value associated with them has been crazy, which leads me to think that like, it's kind of this, you know, I'm buying these cards, not because I'm trying to collect them, but because I'm trying to pass them off to someone else and try to make margins on it. You, you just reference that. And to be like, I don't know too much about NFTs outside of content that I've consumed about them. Um, and, um, watching some from afar. And again, I know people who listen to the show collect NFTs and don't want to put down NFTs, but from what I'm seeing, the way the quarterback market is operating right now at the unproven high end level mirrors kind of what I've observed and seeing what's happened. It's with some of the kind of more popular, more popular NFT projects, as opposed to actually what's true and happening with cards in the current market. So I don't know, like if you have a thought on that, but that was just something that's been bubbling around in my brain recently. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the similarities on the aspect of sort of this like short flip is very similar. And it's basically the same sort of, you know, Ponzi scheme type thought of I'll just pay for this and hope someone else pays more in the future and onward and and so forth. Uh, But cards are Cards just have like a little bit more of a fun aspect, I feel, than NFTs in this regard. Like the people who are spending this, these high amounts of money, I don't think it's 100% like this is just an investment plan. I'm here to make money. I think they're also really enjoying it because it is kind mm-hmm. of fun to buy cards from these really high end products. They're getting pulled in these, you know, really fun ways of people having a great time gambling and people are, you know, pulling these mega cards and going crazy on the internet. Like it is a kind of a fun way. It's an expensive way, but it's a really fun way to get more involved in the sport and watching the sport. And it's just, it seems to have a really strong connection with people to be more willing to knowingly almost uh, lose money in some of these cases, just to have a, a taste of being involved in a, you know, NTRPA and a, of a hot young quarterback. It's a, it's a very like addicting thing that I think people are having fun with. And I, I, I'm not sure I see that same, that same thing with NFTs. It's more of just kind of the rudimentary foundation of the flip you know that that's fair do you you enjoy uh do you find um collecting current players whether they're um you know rookies second year guys or veterans do you find that more enjoyable or less enjoyable than someone who's retired and already established like what's your position there uh far less enjoyable i mean i i get the sense you're kind of the same but I just don't like the the stress and the risk. I'm already stressed <laughs> enough trying to root for my teams, let alone like now I have this massive amount of money tied to it. That's just too much. I like to separate sports and cards. I know people really want it to be this, you know, have a good game, double the price, have a bad game, go in half. I like to separate it. I still think one is a hobby and a collection and the other is a sport. Um, and the the cards definitely have like a connection to the sport and it brings you closer to it. I just feel like this day-to-day you know, daily stock market of it isn't really for me. And I, I try to stay away from that aspect of it. And if you, if you collect a guy who's playing, you almost can't avoid it, right? Like people are just <laughs> going to talk about it and hype it up and down. I'd, I'd rather just not be a part of that. I had that similar thought uh, actually, cause I, there was a time where I had a bunch of Kyler Murray cards that I no longer have, but after the Colts got destroyed, I was watching the Cardinals game and it looked like they were going to lose. And I was just like, Man, if I was collecting Kyler Murray now and the Colts just came off this loss and then I'm watching this game and then the Cardinals are 0-2, like I'm going to be in the dumps in a miserable place. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I know a lot of people do it. I've been there, but I like to avoid the stress of it. So I, I'm kind of with you on, on your well, You page. might as well just gamble. 
Like you could, you could be so much more efficient if you just gamble straight money on these. You could bet prop bets on individual players if you believe in them that much, you know? Absolutely. So let's maybe let's jump into the topic at hand and something that's maybe less popular, less mainstream, but something that you're doing. And that is starting a player PC of a guy that is no longer in the league and right. like likely not a Hall of Famer. But I think what you've been doing in the collection you're curating and sharing online has brought a lot of attention to just another avenue of how we can participate in the hobby. So maybe share, first of all, like Todd Gurley, uh, what is your connection with Gurley and why him? And then um, what was the catalyst for maybe getting you started with PCing him? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I was just excited about football season coming up. And I just couldn't help, you know, jumping into like studying football and fantasy and you know how we are with, with all that. So like looking at fantasy and then I had started a Mikhail Bridges PC a few months ago and it, it, it's the same kind of feeling I got with this. It's just that it was just so expensive. Like I just, I just couldn't quite get all of the best stuff without paying sums of money where I'm like, Ugh. you know, I'd rather just pay, I'd rather just buy a LeBron if it's going to be this much money. Cause then I at least have the protection of it being LeBron. Whereas Mikhail was like pretty up and down with value mostly down. So it's just like, this is too much money, but I wanted to replicate sort of the feeling I got in like the continuous mail days and the ability to get like, you know, quote unquote, their best cards, the biggest brands, et cetera. And I just started thinking like, let me just pick a football player. I mean, you know, we've got football coming up. I'm excited. Let's let me think of a player. And I've always, I've been like a closet Rams fan. It's hard to be a Rams fan when you live in Arizona, but I, I've been a fan of theirs since uh, the greatest Sean Turf, like, uh, you know, probably everybody. Um, and I've always liked their team. And when Gurley was playing, he was my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, 2017, he won Offensive Player of the Year. Runner-up MVP 2018, he was third voting Offensive Player of the Year. He still has the most rushing touchdowns since 2017. And he's been out of the league for two years. Uh, so he was just like a beast with with the fantasy stats. He was also a great receiver. Uh, I think... Georgia Bulldog fans will tell you he's probably the best prospect they've ever had at running back out of Georgia, even with like Chubb and, you know, John Dre Swift and all these guys. Gurley was kind of seen as like their top guy. There had been two years in a row in the previous two years of the draft. So he was drafted in 2015, 2013 and 2014. There were no running backs taken in the first round. I think it might have even been three years. And he was taken 10th overall coming off of a torn ACL, which was pretty incredible at the time. Um, and I just have a lot of nostalgia for him, you know, going back to like why I buy the cards, it's mostly like a nostalgia collecting, I like to separate it from the sport. And so again, like with him, I was able to get his best stuff, you know, in a similar comparison to Mikhail Bridges at a 20th of the price, a 10th, you know, and like the fractions of numbers. And so like, for example, I bought his. I don't know if you do video anymore, but the one of one contenders, this is like his true, you know, a version contenders, one of one, I paid like 450 bucks for that. And if, you know, you're comparing it to one of these football guys, it's like a, you know, hundred thousand dollar card or whatever versus 400 bucks. You know, for me, that's, that's, that's worth it. You know, it's worth like the fun and enjoyment I got out of it. So, you know, I'm rambling, I guess, but uh, I just, I'm having fun with it. I'll keep it going. I told you before, I'm probably going to hit a wall here soon. Cause I've basically picked eBay clean of all the best Todd Gurley cards. So if you're after God, really, you know, I'm sorry, there's nothing left. <laughs> Anything over hundred dollars is pretty much gone. Um, so, yeah. So what, uh, so has your uh, primarily, have you been just going to eBay to find these badass cards or have you been shaking yeah. other trees? No, eBay? there's no other trees to shake, man. Like <laughs> there's nobody on Instagram that's, you know, got a hidden stash. There's no PWCC auctions talking about it. It's all eBay. I think maybe a couple of them I've been able to find on Instagram. Uh, and, but there's not much of a, you know, not much of a fight put up by the seller. It's just like, whatever number I say first, they're like, please take it. Get it. You know, he's not coming back. I've gotten the most wide array of response to this that you can imagine. Like, you know, friends of mine that collects, you know, high end LeBron and Jordan stuff are just like, what are you doing? What are you insane? Like, why are you, why are you doing this? And my answer to them is like, it's, you know, it's so little money relatively that, you might as well not even respond to it. Like I'm just, I'm basically just like living in my own little world. Don't worry about it. And then people are like, you know, he's retired. Right. And he's bad. Right. And he's not coming back. You know that you do know that he's a terrible investment. Oh, I know. Yep. Thank you. Uh, and then, but the majority of it is honestly just like, wow, this is, 
this looks like fun, right? And this is this is interesting. This is you know fun content to be able to show these kind of bigger cards. So it's been it's been interesting, you know, for my platform to be able to get all these different responses to it, and that's been part of the enjoyment. It's it's funny how uh, you know the naysayers, everything kind of gets associated and tied back to the money. Um, and you, when you were describing him, you mentioned nostalgia, which I think is, you've got money, you've got nostalgia. There's all these driving forces that impact why we collect what we collect. Um, I guess I don't know. Like you're 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 not you're not buying you're not picking eBay. For and buying all of these Todd Gurley cards to, you know, wait a month or two and then sell them for a margin, you're collecting them for yourself. So maybe like talk about that, like the mm. importance of like building a PC that's for you and not for anyone else. And just like the satisfaction that is that it can bring. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I, the, my favorite process of this hobby is starting up a new collection and like researching what cards that player has their rookie year to, to parse out like what my options are taking a, you know, a pulse for like what cards already exist publicly that I could buy very quickly. What cards are kind of more private with different collectors. You know, this is a very slow methodical process that I enjoy. And it's part of the reason I'm, you know, one of the bigger reasons that I'm in the hobby and I've just not been able to do that um, without really hurting my, my, uh, bank account. And so it's been a, it's been a while. Like, I think it was two years ago that I did this with like other receivers, but even that was pretty expensive because a lot of those guys were active or like, you know, hall of fame level guys. And this one is just, uh, you know, far cheaper. Um, so like the, the ability to be able to create a collection and curate it for one individual player and to be able to, you know, put together what I consider to be one of the best Todd Gurley collections in the world is very appealing to me. And Chris has talked about this, you know, for a lot longer than I have. Um, and now that I'm in the middle of it and, you know, curating it and I feel like I've gotten pretty far with it. I mean, it's a blast, dude. I just, before the call, I got two more mail days, both one-on-one on girlies. Like it's just, you can't really, you, you honestly, like you can't do this with any player that's active and like, you know, a reasonably good player. It's impossible unless you just have unlimited funds. And so, so you, for me, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was, no, I, mean, gonna, I, I was just going to mathematically. I was just going to say mathematically, I've spent less on this entire Todd Gurley collection than I have on my cheapest slabbed LeBron card, <laughs> and I have twenty five Gurley cards, and they're all you know just like pretty pretty high end stuff. So I know you haven't. I'm interested to know about the one of one of one. So I know you weren't like a big one of one guy before this, mm-hmm. and I don't. Was that because like you're a LeBron collector and they're yep. impossible to get and too expensive? That's part of it. I mean, I still really lean into the brands. Like I have, like, you know, you like cracked ice. I have the cracked oh, ice yeah. Todd Gurley. I have, I still want like his gold tops chrome, which is out of 50. Like I still really enjoy the brands. Um, and now you can like, not only can you get the one-on-ones, like you can get the one-on-ones of the more expensive guys, depending on the brand. Now you can get like, Chris knows these brands better than I do, but you can get like threads, you know, you could get like cheaper one-of-ones that aren't as, you know, shiny or they don't have autographs. They're just sort of one-of-ones because, but with, uh, so that's why, that's kind of why, you know, it never really interested me because the one-of-ones that I could afford for LeBron are just like, you know, like it doesn't just get my, doesn't get my blood flown. But with Gurley, you can get the one-of-ones and the best brands and rookie cards. Like you can combine all your favorite aspects uh of the you know what makes a card great for you to me is that i I, it's not like i don't like the one-on-ones it's just that like i said it's either a brand i don't enjoy or it's too expensive and this is like i could do anything i could get like this flawless one-on-one it's a one-on-one and it's a shield and it's autographed and it's shiny and it's flawless right and it's not a rookie but like it kind of hits on basically everything i'm excited about with the cards that's a one-on-one i can get behind you know I know you met you guys talked about this a little bit on the crossover, but I think this week and maybe this, I love your take on this based on you building out a new PC, but I think the uh, mindset you've got the investor crowd and then you've got the collector crowd and the collector crowd, I think wants to make sure they get specific rookies of a player that they're collecting, yeah. but they'd be happy getting a, scarce rare card second year third year fifth year whatever 
um, because they're trying to curate and build out a collection. Maybe talk a little bit about like the impact of the rookie card versus other badass rare cards when you're starting a new PC and how you're looking at things. Uh, with your focus being collecting or investing or your collecting. Samples? Collecting. collecting. Well, yeah, however you want to take it. But collecting, since you're collecting girly, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, when I'm collecting, I barely think about the rookie versus non, to be honest. Uh, I'm really, that's like probably like sixth or seventh in line. I, I would love for them to all be rookies. But, you know, to me, some of his rookie photo shoot cards aren't as enticing. Like they're just a little bit more plain. His rookie tops chrome isn't my favorite design. Um, and he doesn't even have tops chrome after his rookie year. Uh, that's when it moved to Panini. But I, I guess like, I guess the rookie always matters a little bit. It's really more of an investor thing to me. And and I know like traditionally the rookie card has been just such a juggernaut of a, a category in terms of like the ratio of value. But as a collector, like I get the same enjoyment, whether it's a rookie or not, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, like other than seeing like the RC shield in the car, I'm hard. I'm really just looking for the aesthetics of it. And I'm, I'm sure this isn't true for most people. And most of the cards that I bought so far are rookies because, you know, I'm, I am looking for like the more high end type stuff. And generally that is rookie cards, but I've got one, two, three, probably like half of my cards aren't rookies and half are, I mean, I'm, and also like 2017 was when he was offensive player of the year. That's my favorite year as a collector to go after. Cause that's when I have the most memory of him just absolutely dominating. I think he had 21 touchdowns that year, which is like LT level. You know, like the only guy who's done that is Jonathan Taylor. Like, you know, like it's really hard to to be in that really high upper echelon of running backs, especially in today's game when, you know, everyone's throwing so much and they've got platoons at running back. It's just, uh, it's a pretty rare thing. So 2017, 2018, I love those years for his cards. Maybe share, I love, it. maybe it doesn't need to be the whole thing, but it can be um, whatever you're prepared to talk about. I'd love for you maybe just to do a rundown on like the cards that you have acquired from Todd Gurley just and the the time that it has taken to get those cards just to give other people yeah. out there some perspective if they wanted to start a new PC of a player that was nostalgic to them, kind of what it could lead for them. Yeah, that's a great question. Part of it was like I had done my research knowing that I, I would be able to get a decent amount pretty quickly because I'm impatient and who isn't. But I, I have, I can do like a quick sort of like, like I've got this flawless shield auto from 2016. I just got this today. It's a National Treasures shield auto second year. And this is the only shield auto he has from National Treasures in his second year. Um, this immaculate rookie out of 10 with like a the Rams like face as the patch. NT rookie out of 25. I have Tops Chrome, Super Fractor, Rookie, Patch Auto, the Contenders 101 I showed you. Um, so these are like some of the bigger ones. Finest, Die Cut, Super Fractor Auto, one of one. I think I have four gold prisms and like three gold vinyl prisms. And then I have a Contenders Optic one of one and like a Flawless at a 10. And then I have a gold vinyl rookie. I mean, so the, and that took me, what am I at? Like three weeks, maybe less than a month. It's been less than a month. I. I started it like late August, mid August. So it's less than a month, but that's pretty aggressive to be honest with you. Like I don't, it'd be really hard. You have to kind of be a a crazy person. Like I am refreshing (laughs) eBay every five minutes and like bartering down for days on end. I've probably been, man, a good chunk of my day has been this. So it's, it's a, it's a decent amount of like obsession. Have you noticed that like, I don't know. Like I imagine there's some eBay sellers that are like, what the fuck? Like all these top yeah. girly cards are flying. Like I'm going to go put mine out. Has, have you noticed like cart new cards added because of your activity? No, no, it's super annoying. Like, I don't know if it's something about the, his rookie year where maybe people just like gave up in 2019 and just put them in boxes and they don't give a shit anymore. But I really haven't encountered any of that yet. There's like his tops Chrome red auto popped up because of that. Like the guy saw I was buying stuff and he put that on eBay. It's out of five. You know, like the mm-hmm. when Tops Chrome rookie autos, similar to baseball, they're out of five. Um, that one's sitting on eBay right now. But other than that, no, it's super frustrating. And I've been posting every single one of my posts that I make. I put, you know, in the caption, like, hey, if you know of anything else similar to this, DM me. I'm overpaying like a crazy person right now. So <laughs> I'll willingly overpay you. I don't care. Just send me what you got. Show me a comp and I'll pay, you know. 30% over. It doesn't matter to me. 
And that, that hasn't worked. Like nobody, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I kind of want to get your take on that. Yeah. Uh, so I Does have that been, to you? you well, so I have been a little bit of a different scenario, but ever cause he's active, but the, ever since Matt Ryan became a cult, like I've been really, I've been really aggressive at trying to get as many key pieces as possible. And honestly, I'm, I have a, a better and bigger Matt Ryan collection than I anticipated at this point. However, there are still significant cards that I have not seen. And I have yeah. gone nuts trying to find the, the collectors and find the people and nothing has popped up. So just some of the key cards. So I don't know, like I've been vocal, like I've been on several other people's platforms saying, Hey, everyone, if you see these cards, let me know. And i um, still haven't seen it, which to be honest with you, like it gives me some sort of sick joy because I, my yeah. hope is that some Matt Ryan collectors like, fuck this guy. Like I, I, these are my cards and like, he'll never get it. And I hope that happens because it just shows you that the, the strength of certain collector bases and they might not all be public. They could just be sitting back in the, their dim dark rooms collecting their cards. And that's kind of just, which is fine by me. It's I'm is if someone's happy collecting it and they want to keep it and don't want to sell it to a new fan, then by all means, but that's just kind of my take and what I've experienced. So it sounds like pretty similar, you know, like it seems like it's hidden somewhere. Someone's <laughs> not on eBay or not on Instagram and why would they see our stuff? You know, we don't have like infinite reach. So you said something and something that I can relate with. So I, when I was on a quest to, get the 2013 uh, black finite i found out that of ryan i found out that the 2012 finite ryan has never been seen and never been pulled and so that piece of information it, it just gives me like it there's like oh really and so it like takes me down this <laughs> like path of like trying to uncover different stones and you mentioned that girly shield auto and it's a second year but it's only one his only one so like when you're just spending this much time on trying to uncover and learn, like you get smarter about what you're buying and what you're collecting yeah. and their stories about it. So like maybe talk about like that, that layer of just getting educated during the process and how important that is for just like keeping you invigorated as a collector. Yeah. I mean, that's everything, dude. That's, that's my favorite part of it is like uncovering some new, aspect of the hobby that I didn't know about or learning some new fact of like, like I said, the national treasures second year, it's his only shield auto stuff like that. Um, learning that he basically has like no game worn cards, like Jersey cards is like fascinating. I'm learning. So now I'm learning kind of, um, you know, why some of those guys that, that say, you know, player say no to player worn, they're so upset because like, it actually is really hard to find game use stuff of some of these years, depending on their rookie class. And it's for girl. I literally can't, I, haven't, I don't have one yet. I don't have a single game use girly. And so even some of these are shields and it's like, they're just pulling these off of, you know, Dick sporting goods jerseys or what. Um, so it is, it is interesting to kind of uncover all these different things. I learned a lot more about baseball because I'm collecting 2015 tops Chrome and finest now. And I don't, mm. I don't have any of that for basketball, not even close basketball stopped in 2009. So I'm able to get this sort of, and the reason I said baseball is baseball is makes tops Chrome and Bowman Chrome and stuff. And it's kind of similar, right? I'm seeing like football overprinted some of these parallels, just the same as what Panini's doing. Like we say, Oh, tops Chrome had less parallels. They would have kept doing that. No, they wouldn't have. There's a tops Chrome gold sepia. You know what that is? Yeah, I do. What the I heck do. is that? What is that? Uh, it's strange. And I, I've never, some people, there are, I know sepia aficionados out there. I'm not okay. one of them. I'm not making fun of it. I just like, we make fun of Panini and their parallels. I don't think Panini has like a, you know, different gradient level on their Photoshop export on their cards. You know, like I don't think they have, I'm getting all the terms wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not even like color. It's like a black and white. What What do you think of the, there's a lot of, so I'm in some, pretty nerdy football groups and there's a lot of conversation this hat this comes up and anyone who's in these groups listening is going to laugh at this but like what are your thoughts on 2015 tops chrome football think like the cards itself like how how do they make you feel like what are your thoughts um i mean i would like fall over myself to get the super fractor but other than that i think it's bad yeah (laughs) um i even think like I've, there's a gold PSA 10 and I'm like, if, and you think you like connect me with PSA 10 gold refractors, don't you? You're like, this guy yeah. definitely got that. I don't even have that. Cause I just looking at it. I'm like, Ugh. 
like it's kind of it doesn't i have one dude and it's like the photo's bad the design i think i've seen a picture of the super fractor auto girly i know it exists i haven't seen the base but the auto you can't even tell it's super fractor it just looks brown like it just to me it I, I don't know. Maybe there's like a big base of 2015 Top Scrum fans, but am I right? Is that the case? No, your, your, your take aligns 99% of what I okay. think most people. So yeah, I, like there's a, you know, trying to collect gold Peyton Mannings and that one that whenever I see it, I'm like, should I do it? And I'm like, he's in a Broncos uniform, which I, I, I've gotten beyond that. I have plenty of Broncos Manning cars, but then I'm like, God, this just doesn't look good. So it's like the one gold yeah. Chrome that I just can't like, get myself to paying like, you know, over a thousand or 1200, whatever it's sure. asking price. I just, just cause I don't think it's like, I don't know. It's not, it, it goes to show you like how important like aesthetics in like photography are when you're spending, you know, a couple hundred thousand bucks. I think. What about finest? That, what that group me, save up? The finest, I think it's bet. My take is it's better than the Chrome. I definitely don't think it's like the best year, but what, what do you think about the finest? The numbering is bad the goal is yeah. at 199 uh, but i the the super fractor finest todd Gurley, the base i have the die cut auto super but like the base is a psa 10 and i've seen a picture of it i would do really weird things to get that card i have no idea where it is like it's there's one public sale it's in the psa pop obviously because it's 10 no idea where it is what am i i gotta start posting on blowout or something like i don't even know where to go from here I gotta start like posting, uh, you know, Chris, uh, bounties and stuff like that. Maybe the next phase. I think the bounties, the bounties work. So hopefully this show will, if you're out there and you're listening, you got some Todd Gurley cards. There's a guy who's actively buying them right now. Um, but maybe like kind of wrapping this one up. So what you, we just covered here and you're talking about, you're starting your player PC couldn't be any more opposite than what's happening with some of these kind of uh, high-end uh, rookie quarterback, second-year quarterbacks, uh, but it's the same hobby. So I guess, like, what's your advice to other mm-hmm. people out there that have nostalgia for certain players but doesn't look like a highly investable um, idea or a project? Like, what you obviously are actively in it and you're having a great time spending way too much time doing it probably, but it <laughs> sounds like it's really ignited your collecting gene. So maybe share some words of wisdom for anyone else who have been thinking about doing something similar. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked because, you know, I think most people collecting this type of stuff, you know, these like, they would really want to shy away from sort of the investment conversation around it because it's like, I'm obviously not doing this to get rich. You know, I'm doing it more for fun, but I do think there is some aspect of this being not the worst investment in the world. Um, and I know people are going to now take this like, oh, well, he's shitting all over young quarterbacks just so he can pump up his Todd Gurley. Trust me, like pumping up Todd Gurley will do no good for anybody. Like no, this market is not moving. It's uh, it's me versus nobody. But I do think there is something interesting about the future of prospecting of these nostalgic football players from the mid 2000s and 2010s. If you just look back to 90s basketball, we already have the blueprint. People are paying huge amounts of money for 90s basketball players that are in this same ilk and even more so guys that are complete bums. And most of that's going to be because of the sets with the green PMGs and, you know, the rubies and all that stuff. But there is still going to be, I think, a sense of value and nostalgia for some of these players. Um, so, you know, you're talking about paying a couple grand for like these monstrous PCs of these guys that nobody cares about. Your risk is basically zero, right? Like your risk is so low. But the reward could potentially be, hey, there may be some future value in these like penny stock players that I have a lot of nostalgia for the fun of like, you know, hitting up on my favorite fantasy football players and collecting some of their cards. I do think there's some interesting things there. And I've talked about that for a couple of years. It hasn't ever really taken off. Not that I want it to or need it to or care because I'll just keep buying stuff for cheap. It doesn't really matter to me. But I do think if, you know, if you're talking about advice, I don't think it's the worst. You know, if you're spending, you know, 50 bucks on a, prism gold rookie Todd Gurley, like what's the downside, you know, versus spending a hundred grand on Trey Lance. <laughs> the downside is you just lost a hundred grand for nothing. Right. And you're not, you have no nostalgia for that player because you're doing it purely out of money. So you not only have no connection to the card, you don't give a shit about it, but you lost a hundred grand versus I have zero risk. I actually enjoy these cards a lot. So if they go to zero, you know, it's the same to me. And the upside is 
you know, if this doubles over the next 10 years, let's say, that'd be great. Who wouldn't take doubling their money in 10 years with the current economy right now? Like, that'd be fantastic. I go from 50 to 100. I didn't lose any money. I still own it. I'm buying more. I mean, the risk is so low. What do we, you know, it's like, I almost feel like, what are we talking about here, Brett? Like, I want to put an exclamation point on it because what you said triggered a thought process that I had recently on the NBA side where I had been, I still am actively like trying to find a lane on the NBA side to attack. Mm -hmm. And one of those recently, I have not, I chose to walk away from this, but I had within the last six months, I watched the Stefan Marbury documentary. My wife and I watched the N one documentary and Mm -hmm. I just like immediately felt all of this nostalgia for Stefan Marbury. Like when he was a rookie coming in, buying his jersey and thought he was the coolest player ever. And so what did I do? I immediately went to eBay and I was like, shit, like I can't, I can't afford the best Stefan Marbury cards. Like these are like, I don't want to spend like five and 10 grand on these. And, yeah. but, but that, that like where that door was shut, it says to me like Todd Gurley and on the football side, there's so many other people that are super affordable. And I don't think like the nostalgia has quite hit the football card market, like it has the NBA, the basketball card market. So I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities in there to build probably the best collection of football players that you, that mean something well, to you for a good price. I think a lot of what you just said though, has more to do with the fact that Marbury was in the nineties mm. and the early two thousands than it is that he's basketball and not football. Because if okay. you look at football nineties, we're seeing a similar thing like John Elway, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, obviously those guys are much better players than Todd Gurley, but I'm seeing some of that trickle down into other 90s football superstars. So if you want to like make this a more true comparison, Blake Griffin, Derrick mm. Rose, Russell Westbrook, LaMarcus Aldridge, these guys' prices are dirt cheap. Mm. Dirt cheap, man. Nothing. They're so much below these 90s guys we're talking about. Because I was thinking, you know, Reggie Miller for you, but he's going to be expensive too. He's from so, the 90s. Ex- so expensive. You're going to have to look at like Help me out here. David West, Roy Hibbert, maybe some of those guys, you know, like hit up yeah. some of those like. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and you're right. Like 90s football is especially the your, your rubies, your PMGs, like just like what happened. It's been going on in basketball. So you don't those think there'll cards- be nostalgia for shield autos and gold vinyl 101s and black finites of like superstar fantasy football players from the mid 2000s? There's definitely going to be nostalgia for that stuff. It's a similar, like you say, oh, well, that's because it's PMG. Well, Panini has that stuff too. You know, they've yeah. got stuff that I could argue people like even more because it's rarer. It's one of ones, you know. 100%. And it's a guy's like the guy that comes to my mind right now is like Ladanian Tomlinson, where it's like mm. you look at his cards and you can, I mean, it's not going to be like dirt cheap, but you can go build an amazing Ladanian Tomlinson collection and know like, fantasy football impact on the game. Like mm-hmm. one of the best players I've ever seen play football. Like you can go b- build his collection and not have to like take out a second mortgage of your house, which is cool. And there's, he's not the only one. There's so many other players that you can do that with, which I think is exciting for the collecting community. Well, I think the advice here to pluck, if I can, is that the optimal time to jump on this would be at the tail end of their career, early retirement, mm. when everyone's just completely given up on them. I just think like Blake Griffin, could anyone be more disgusted with Blake Griffin as a basketball player right now? Like he's barely on a team. He's riding the bench. He's lost all of his athleticism. He's not, you know, particularly efficient, but, and he's super cheap right now. Like Blake Griffin stuff, you could just take whatever you want. I always use Blake Griffin. I don't know why he just, cause he just like, if you think back, he was like rookie of the year, slam dunk, multiple slam dunk champion, jumping over Kia cars. People were going nuts for Blake Griffin in the media. And his card prices, if they were today, would be through the roof. But because he's older and boring, like now's the time to buy it. You know, it's so cheap. It's, it's, so it's like right after they retire, Todd Gurley, right now, he's retired. Nobody gives a shit. He's injured. Like we think he stinks, you know. Dude, this is what this is exactly what I've been doing. I've been getting super fractors of Philip Rivers for nothing because of this, because of this reason. Like no one gives a (laughs) shit. Like the best part about Philip Rivers is that his team moved to LA and some of the Chargers fans abandoned and bandwagons. He's like just out there. And I'm just like, okay, like 
sure, I'll take this super fractor for $350. No big deal. And so I think that's a good point. It's like, if you have nostalgia and a connection for them with them and they're not the trendiest person in the hobby, it's probably the best time to start buying their cards. And you're obviously doing that right now with Todd Gurley and you've built an unbelievable collection in less than a month. So that says something. Iverson is the other one for People hated Iverson at the end of his career. He was switching teams all the time. The NBA was sick of him. He was Russell Westbrook today. But now he's got a decent amount of collectors and value. People have nostalgia for Allen Iverson now. It just takes some time, right? Maybe like a generation almost sometimes to rekindle some love for some of these guys. It'll happen with with a lot of these football players, you know? You just got to be patient. What about with Westbrook and Harden? Do you think like they're similar similar to Iverson? 100%. 100%. I, I always compare Westbrook to Iverson. They have so many similarities in terms of the their hobby value, like very similar. Iverson bounced teams. Everyone hated him. His efficiency went in the shitter. He couldn't shoot. Like the same stuff said about him as Westbrook. And Westbrook has the all-time record for triple doubles. He won an MVP. He's been to a finals. Like you can shit on Russell Westbrook all you want. That dude is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Mm, no doubt about it. Well, before we let you go, um, want to give you the opportunity to shout from the mountaintops. What is like if you could have one Todd Gurley card enter your <laughs> hemisphere right now? We're shaking trees here on Sagging Slabs. Which Todd Gurley card are you looking for, and that someone in the community might have or have some information on? So the 2015 finest Superfractor PC10. And since I already said that, I'm going to say one more since you're giving me this freebie. The 2018 Prism Black Finite. I've seen a picture of it raw. I know it's been pulled. Uh, I saw it on Google Chrome Image Search. That's where I'm at with my life. Uh, I've seen it. That one would be awesome. Josh, thanks so much about talking about your Todd Gurley collection. Until next time. See you, man. Man, his PC in less than a month is out of control. He was showing me after the recording some of the pieces just breathtaking. Go check out his Instagram page at Cardboard Chronicles to see the whole kit and caboodle. Happy collecting to all of you. You take care of yourself. Have a hell of a weekend. Make it count. Rest up. Enjoy yourself. Happy collecting. Peace out. <laughs>